On this episode of the Inside Out Podcast, Megan Law Montaigne joins us and shares her Hollywood dreams. So we flew out to L.A. It was my first time in Hollywood. I completely fell in love. And I always tell myself that the feeling I had the moment the plane landed at LAX and I got off, I knew I was meant to be here. And I told myself, any important decision in my life, I need to have that same feeling because it was like, it was home. I I landed and it was home. I was like, this is, I'm supposed to do this. Also known as the Nostalgic, she has a penchant for the 90s. On Friday nights, I remember sitting with my sister and my dad and we watched TGIF. It was just, 90s reminds me of family. It reminds me of my childhood and it reminds me of just like, you know, anything is possible and we didn't have to worry about all the mumbo jumbo of social media. Funny enough, because now that's what we're all aspiring to be. And joining me on From the Inside Out podcast today is Megan, the Nostalgic, and she is a social media influencer and beginner podcaster just like myself, and she joins us now from L.A. Megan, thanks for joining us on From the Inside Out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Hey, so I have to tell you, I um, was looking through um, Instagram on the nostalgic stuff that I that I'm into kind of throwback Nickelodeon nineties, um, web junk, stuff like that. And I came across your page and I thought, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this girl looks totally awesome. She's super cute and loves nineties Nickelodeon and everything nineties. So tell me like, how did you get, um, so hooked on the nineties? Well, you know, it's funny. I think obviously those of us that are so into the nineties and nostalgia, it's just a a part of us. I don't think we ever let that decade go, but I didn't realize how prominent it was in my everyday life. I mean, even in my apartment, like I even, I have a couple posters of Michael Jackson just up because, and you know, when you're trying to make it in LA, everyone's like, what's your niche? You know, what, what do you stand for? And for so long, I was like, I don't know, like I'm just Megan from New Hampshire. I don't know. what it is. And all of a sudden one day I was, or one night I was laying in bed and my best ideas come from just when I'm not really thinking about anything, which is very rare. And one night it just hit me. I was like the nostalgic, nostalgic. Oh my oh my God, I am all about the 90s. I must create a YouTube channel and do all the things. So that's sort of how um, the nostalgic was born. Gotcha. And um, so as I talked to my last guest, Shane, um, last month about his influences in the 90s, um, you mentioned that it has a prominent role in your life. Uh, what, What moment, what, you know, what clicked inside saying, gosh, you know, the nineties are awesome. I love the nineties and I still love the nineties. I think the nineties very go a lot with my personality. I mean, if you look at my Instagram, I'm very, I'm very happy. I'm energetic. I'm very bright. You know, the nineties, we were, we were feeling all the neon. I know I started to notice that my style didn't really change. Like I love jean jackets. I loved, you know, my jean jackets have holes in them. I love wearing neon. I love if I, if, you know, if I could still find butterfly clips, I'd probably still wear them. So I found that I was very much still kind of living in the nineties. I was still, you know, all these reboots that came back for how I'm still watching them. Um, I'm still keeping up with celebrity. Okay. For instance, Side note, because I'm an entertainment reporter, um, I would go on the red carpet and I, I've done a lot of interviews and, and worked the AMAs and the People's Choice Awards. Now, when big time celebrities walk by, 
I like Gerard Butler and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool, you know. But then, like, you know, the cast of Full House walks by, and I think, um, oh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but um, the guy from, oh, Ben Savage from Boy Meets World. Um, oh yeah, he yeah. Down the red carpet, and I died. I was like, oh my god. So I just, I fangirl so hard still over the '90s, and I just want to know what they're all up to and what's happening. So it just, it never really, it never left. And I just realized that was like a thing, you know, people, there are still people out there that live for the nineties. Yeah. And um, one thing I found in um, my, um, my hobby, myself of loving the eighties and nineties and is finding that a lot of these people, these uh, actors, these producers, these show hosts, um, they're, they still, they stay relevant to our generation and it is amazing um so like look at double dare double dare just came back um again after being off the air for 25 years and everything about that show is still relevant and it's almost uh it's timeless and um when people ask me it's like well eric you know what's your hang up about uh you know the 90s and nickelodeon stuff and i i relate it's like well you know back then maybe we were all a little bit more innocent uh things were more fun we didn't have to work for a living um we were able to enjoy you know the entertainment um so what is it for you that you actually says, you know what, you know, I'm going to geek out on the 90s. Uh, is it the time in your life that you realize your innocence or all the above? Um, yeah. what, what just kind of makes you geek out about it? You know, besides the awesome neon, you know, which I can't yeah. lie. I have some neon I, myself, but. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, I think it's everything you just mentioned, but there's something about the 90s. You know, we were, we were kids. We were, you know in I we might bring this up later but you know in my Instagram description it says in my world is still 1994 and in 1994 I was seven and at age seven you're not a baby anymore but you're certainly not a teenager and it's that in between time where you're like you're you think you're way cooler than you are so I'm like listening to you know new my sister was all about new kids on the block and it just it you know 90s reminds me of home 90s does remind me of my innocence and it reminds me of a time when we, you know, sadly there, well, there wasn't any technology and we went outside and got dirty. We went outside and played with chalk. We, on Friday nights, I remember sitting with my sister and my dad and we watched TGIF. It was just, 90s reminds me of family. It reminds me of my childhood and it reminds me of just like, you know, anything is possible. And we didn't have to worry about all the mumbo jumbo of social media. Funny enough, because now that's what we're all aspiring to be. But it was just a fun, vibrant time, and that's how I want to live my life. Yeah, and it, it's funny. Um, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my coworkers how back back in the day, you had to really be crafty to get away with shit. Like these days, yeah. you can't do anything or go anywhere without somebody like you know messaging you or texting you or friend finding you or what have you. Like you had to be legit, like spy spy level uh, back in the day. You had oh, to get yeah. away with stuff and to. Uh, you know, because, because of the innocence and lack of technology. So yeah, it's, um, Oh, and I'm looking through your Instagram right now. And all of a sudden I see your boy meets world, your geek out moment. That's hilarious. Ah! Oh my gosh. No, wait, can I tell you another geek out moment? I please, had please. literally just happened yesterday. Okay. So yesterday I was cast for this fun buzz siege shoot and I was on set and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the producer to come over. And all of a sudden I look to my left and I'm like, oh my God, that's John Stamos. <laughs> like, I literally was like, am I dreaming? Is that seriously John Stamos? 
So I'm sitting there, and then the producer, he, like John, goes into the the sound stage, and the producer comes over. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm great." I said, "But you know, I I'm a, I'm fangirling a little bit because I just saw John Stamos, and 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 the, both the producers were like." Oh my God, seriously? Wait, where? What? <laughs> so we were all having this moment. And then John came out of the sound stage and he walked by and someone like called him over. So he did. He ended up coming over and saying hi to us and he shook our hands. And I like, I was like, I'm never wa- washing my right hand. Like John Stamos just touched my hand. And I have to tell you, he is every bit of Uncle Jesse that I ever dreamed of. Like he is still, he has aged amazingly but it was just like i didn't even look at him like oh my gosh he's good looking which of course he is but i was like this is my uncle jesse like <laughs> i was living my best life yesterday it's, isn't it crazy how um you know maybe not so much you know more modern television but you know earlier television you know 70s 80s 90s these people um these performers they're actually really nice genuine people Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. crazy because you hear you know stories of uh you know celebrities celebrities these days that are you know kind of uptight and nippy snippy and but yeah you kick it back to the eighties and nineties and you know they're just regular old people having a good time with doing a good job. It's like holy shit! It's yeah, it's, exactly. It's you know, weird. It's, I think I would be so disappointed if I heard that anyone from from one of those sitcoms was like a diva. It would just totally upset me because I mean they, you know. But yeah, you're right. I really have not heard of one person from one of those sitcoms in that in that era that is a diva. And I I get the scoop, but I don't have any dirt on any of them. Gotcha. Which is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't. And so you, you said you're from New Hampshire. How did you make it out to LA? What inspired you um, to leave you know the comfy confines of the East Coast and you know, try to make it out in LA? And well, I shouldn't say try. You are making it out in league because you looks like you're. No, it. it's okay. We can say try. No, it, no. it may look that well, way. You're, so, you're selling media. it really well. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's what we do. That's what we try to do. Um, well, oddly enough, speaking of nostalgia, which is probably another reason why it has such a big part of my life. And I don't even know if you know this, or maybe you do. But what inspired me to come to LA, when I was nine, um, I had been I had been begging my parents for a pet for like years, you know, and I, I, I was a very active kid and I wasn't really home a lot. My parents were like, no, no, we can't get a dog. Like you're just too busy. Long story short for my ninth birthday, I, I walked in the house and my mom was holding, you know, the big video recorder, you, you know, the big ones, not like a phone, like we had the big now. VHS and, uh, right? over the shoulder, the big VHS. Yes. On the shoulder. It was like massive. So she was holding that and there was a present on the table. And so I, opened it and I, I thought it was like rollerblades or something. And my mom was like, rip it from the top. So I ripped it open and a, a, the cutest little orange and white kitten popped out and I lost my mind. Like I started hyperventilating. I was so excited I, and I was very mature for nine years old. So I was like, Oh my God. Oh, I was just very like, it was just funny. I was very animated. And the video was so funny that we sent it into America's funniest videos. And this was when Bob Saget was doing the show. Well, you know, whatever. People send videos in all the time. Years went by. We never heard anything. No big deal. We kind of forgot about it. Come sophomore year of high school for me when I was 16. Um, so, yeah, about like seven years later, um, we ended up getting a call from America's Science Video saying that we were finalists for the show. 
So we flew out to LA. It was my first time in Hollywood. I completely fell in love. And I always tell myself that the feeling I had the moment the plane landed at LAX and I got off, I knew I was meant to be here. And I told myself any important decision in my life, I need to have that same feeling because it was like, it was home. I I landed and it was home. I was like, this is, I'm supposed to do this. And then not to mention being on set and, you know, unfortunately Bob Saget had retired at that point and now it was Tom Bergeron, but not unfortunately, because Tom is so cool. Um, So I got to meet Tom and I was watching him like read the teleprompter and I completely forgot we were like on America's Funniest Videos. I was so captivated by the studio and the lights and just everything. I was like, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. So, you know, that's why I went to school for broadcast journalism and here I am in LA. So aside from, um, you know, rocking the nostalgia and um, doing some hosting and um, talking, um, uh, I'm sorry, and producing your own podcast, um, what what do you find um, is the toughest challenge of um, working out in L.A.? Um, and the reason why I ask is because I'm sure there's many people uh, just like me. I'm, I'm a little late to the game. Um, I've been in, well, television for 18 years, but I had the same experience as you did. I got off the plane in L.A. and... Um, yeah, fell in love. Had the butterflies, had that euphoric yeah. feeling, um, looking at the Bob Hope um, USO, you know, yes. archway thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, so, like, it has to be tough. Everybody I've talked to says it's tough. Um, and it's always a hustle. And you're always grinding every single day. Um, so how do you how do you maintain uh, your positivity and um, like a balance with trying to you know That's keep a, yourself yeah personally grounded but also professionally growing? That's a great question, and I'm really glad you asked that because you know I'm sure there's other people listening to this podcast that may be wondering the same thing, and I am not going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to lie. There are some days where like it's even hard to get out of bed. I mean, I do, I get up, but it's like you're on such a roller coaster ride and there's been so many times where good things happen. And I think, Oh, this is it. I've made it. I've got my big break just to come to find out like a week later, it's like back to square one. And it is, they say it's a roller coaster ride. It is the bumpiest, most up and down roller coaster of your life. But in a way um, for me, I've always known that I was supposed to make people happy and entertain and make people smile. And I feel like that's my purpose. I'm still trying to figure out exactly like what that job is. And, um, another thing that aggravates me is when people not, you didn't ask me this, but when people ask me, well, what's your, like your end all be all goal. I don't, have an answer to that because I feel like there's so many things I want to do. I love producing. I love being in front of the camera. I love writing. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do it all. But with that, you know, yeah, it comes a lot of ups and downs. So really I have a great support system. I am so thankful that my family has my back. I call them multiple times a day to the point where they're probably like, Oh my God, Megan, stop calling. (laughs) But I need them and I need my good friends and I need my mom and dad to pick me up when I'm feeling down because you know, like you will look at my Instagram and see this positive person, which I am, but I'd be lying if I said there weren't many nights or many weeks that I'll cry myself to sleep and be like, what did I do? I'm 31 years old. Like, should I have just gone and gotten an office job? Should I be, you know, should I study real estate and take a completely different path? But there's just something in my soul that is like, no, Megan, you're meant to be here. You're meant to do something. And I, I trust those light bulb moments that I have. And I trust 
this journey that I'm on that I know all these odds and ends and weird jobs that I've had will come to a fruition at some point. And I feel like I'm on the cusp of, of something big and, and you just, you, the people that don't make it are the ones that gave up. There is no way you cannot make it. If you, if you don't give up, it, there's just, it's impossible. If you don't give up, you'll get where you want to go. I truly believe that. The tenacity of a lot of the people I've spoke to in LA, hard as nails. You have to be hard as nails, kind as a piece of sugar, and everything in the middle uh, to play the damn game every single day. Um, it yeah. definitely takes a, a special type of person. Um, what has been um, the toughest, toughest thing um, you've you've had to do while chasing your your dream? Um, oh my gosh, the toughest. Well, there's a lot. I mean, I, I deal with, I'm sure many other people do. I, I do deal with anxiety. It's, um, it's, it's under control now, but I I was really scared to move out to LA because I was having a lot of panic attacks, but it really helped knowing what I need in my environment. And I realized I need to live alone. That's something that makes me comfortable Um, so I just sort of created a a very safe and comfortable environment for myself. Um, the other hard thing is hearing no so many times and really not, I mean, it's hard to say it doesn't affect you because it does. I mean, you hear no a lot and you think, oh, I'm not good enough. So it's really, um, washing out that negative energy and just continuing to believe in yourself, which is really, really freaking hard to do. And then this is kind of taking another turn, but I will go there. Um, the other hard thing is, uh, and not saying it, it doesn't happen to men because it does, but I have had to deal with the hashtag me too situation quite a few times out here in oh, LA. No. There's a man in power and they offer you something and they say, you know, if you do this, I'll get you that. And it's like, you know, and you, I've given up opportunities because I'm, that's not who I am. And it's sad. And I literally, I had a situation that happened recently. And I just said to my girlfriends, I was like, is that how, like, is that the only way we're going to make it? Is it not that we ever would, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it just hits you in the face so many times. And you're like, is this seriously happening? Like, is this happening again? Like, no. So it's, there's a lot. And I'm not saying that the the entire industry is like that, but it w- it will happen. Um, and you just have to stick to your gut and know that, you know, it's still going to happen and it's going to happen the right way. You you don't need to, to deal with people like that, but it's scary because they do have the power and, and we don't necessarily in that situation. Yeah. And, it, it, and that you was know, a really serious topic. But yeah, <laughs> no. True. And it, you know, it's, it's such a bunch of bullshit too, because, I've I've seen some of your clips and you know obviously your pictures and your style and your personality you can you ooze personality and there is no legitimate reason why any producer executive could have to look at somebody and within 5 seconds know that oh yeah they're talented or they're not oh but by the way let me try to harass you and sleep with you to make sure we just get the deal done that is horrible and you know it's right. And it's so sad, you know, to hear that. Um, even though everybody knows now that the whole B two thing and the Weinstein scandal and all that, it's just it's a shitty situation for such an awesome business. Um, it, you know, and there's opportunities, you know, in 
gosh, I'm gonna get on soapbox here for a second, I think. But no, yeah, you know, please. Yeah, it's, no, it's, no, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> let me get on my soapbox again. And so now it's like, no, it's yeah. you know, the entertainment business and television is such a cool and unique, diverse um world that it takes a special type of person to to live in it and to work in it and to make it happen and to make these things um come to fruition for the audiences and just the extreme bullshit yeah from the sexual harassment to the you know oh yeah we'll call you back in two days and you never hear back from the person again you know oh, i, I just gosh. don't get it Story and, of my I, life. <laughs> yeah I, I no shit and it's like oh my gosh like why and but why do we kill ourselves to you know go for that acceptance and to get that next call and to you know hopefully land that you know third interview and um or screen test or whatever it, it's just a damn vicious cycle it's like it's a yeah, it it's really a love-hate is. relationship it really <laughs> it, it, it's so no, funny man. because people in, that are not in the business don't even understand the heartache that goes into it um day in and day out and yeah like you yeah. know people like in a lot of the and I'll go here. I'll go here. A lot of the um, more conservative people in America think, oh, the Hollywood elite, um, you know, they're so spoiled and this and that. And, you know, to an extent that might be true. But on the other hand, think of how much harder everybody in this business has to fight and has fought and continues to fight just to get their damn, you know, name on a credit or, you know, get their, you know, advance or yeah. what have you. It's like, geez, you know, so it, and the struggle is well, real in Hollywood. <laughs> It really is. And I, you know, I've heard, I've had friends of mine that have worked for Ellen and I mean, it's not an uncommon thing to hear that Ellen isn't like people will say the nicest of people, which is interesting because you see her show and you're like, Oh my God, she's so giving. But people that have experienced her say that she's a little bit more cold, but to be honest with you, I'll defend her because same situation. You have to be hard in this industry. It, It doesn't mean that she's not a nice person, but she, as a woman and having to deal with what she dealt with coming out, you know, getting her show taken away from her. I mean, she just did a whole Netflix um, stand-up series on it, but uh, you know, yeah. Oprah is the same way. You know, you, you have got, when you get to that level, there's a certain, you've gone through so much shit that you're like, no, listen, like this is who I am. I've gotten here. I've worked hard for it. And you know, I am who I am. And I, I respect that. Yeah, it's one of those, um, you know, things you you think about and it's like, shit, you know, here we are, like, you know, hustling every day. And, you know, I respect, I respect the struggle, but damn it, when is it my my turn going to (laughs) happen? Exactly. No, it's so true. It's so true. That's what I ask myself every day. (laughs) Well, getting back on a a more positive note, um, you know, speaking of of being the boss and having, you know, hard lines, tell me about um, your podcast, Boss Please. Yeah, so uh, Boss Please initially developed because before my brand of the 90s and the nostalgic, I went on my brand before that. I've had many brand changes, but my brand before that, I was I was calling myself Mega Boss. And it was basically, you know, a lot of motivational speaking and a lot of being real, like just how we were in, you know, a couple minutes ago. And um, I want to do a podcast with a couple of my girlfriends and we wanted to highlight women that were yes in the industry, but also everyday women and women um, that were entrepreneurs and everyone has such a unique story. Um, so yeah, we took the journey about a year and a half ago and I've met so many wonderful, wonderful women and learned. And, and really what it all comes down to is everyone has a story. Every 
person has a struggle, has a journey and has something they need to overcome. And when I listen to these women talk about theirs, you can always relate it back to your life. And it's just, it's so inspiring to see, to know that the harder the journey is, the more likely or the bigger, you know, the the more likely you're going to get to where you want to go, you know? So you just have to keep grinding and you just have to keep hustling because nothing bad is going to come from that. You know, you're building yourself to be tougher. You're learning so much about yourself. You're growing. And I'm thankful that I get to do this with my two best friends. And um, one of them, one of them had to give it up. So now it's, it's just, myself and this, uh, my other friend, Jill, but, but yeah, it's great. It's so great. I, I love doing a podcast and I'm happy for you that you're on this. Journey <laughs> now too. Yeah. And, um, it, and before we started officially, um, with the interview talking about how, um, in my background, um, there's something that my listeners will find out for the first time. Of course you will too. Um, how, you know, I've been working in news for almost 20 years and I've been behind the scenes telling the stories of the, um, people, uh, and their reporters and anchors visually, but now mm-hmm. having the opportunity, um, with the you know expansive technology to, you know, plug a Yeti microphone into my computer, do some quick edits. And I have an audience, a potential worldwide audience is pretty cool and, and very empowering. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's great it's that amazing. the average, yeah, it's great that the average person can get out there and, you know, you know, have their rhetoric and have their minute and um, talk to other people and, you know, hopefully something sticks and resonates. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but if it does even better. I think it's fantastic. And I'm so glad that you're doing it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so, Let's see. Going back to your brand of nostalgic, you love the '90s. It, it, what caught my eye um, was your header on your Instagram. It's like in my world, it's still '94. Um, yeah. What is your favorite '90s television show, either live action or animated or both? Oh my gosh! So there's so there's literally so many, like so many. But I have top, to say, top five. My, my, Oh my god! Okay, all right. We'll do top five. I have to say, my favorite one, my number one, is is Full House because I I basically I'm the same age as Mary Kate and Ashley, so I started watching that show like right from the get go, or as soon as I could, you know, start to talk. And my mom would videotape me like running around the house as a baby, and she'd say, "Okay, baby Michelle," and I'd say how rude or no, oh, sorry. She'd be like Stephanie. And I'd say, how rude. And like, <laughs> you know, uncle Jesse have mercy. So I just like, I kept, I would quote them. And then, and then also, this is probably another indication that I was like going to move to Hollywood, and, like want to be an actress. I would like run down the hallway and say like, we got a dog, we got a dog. And my mom's like, we don't have a dog. And I'm like, mom, it's the scene when they got Comet, you know, what's the next line. And I'd get mad at my parents when they didn't know the next line. So I just love that show so much. I related to it. I watched my parents taped every episode. I would watch a half an hour episode before school every day. I've seen every episode like multiple times. It's my, it's my comfort show. It really is like people have comfort food. I have my comfort show and it's full house. Um, So that is definitely my number one. The, the other show that I loved as a kid, which I feel like doesn't get that much love now because people don't remember it. Do you remember Captain Planet? <laughs> yes. Earth, wind, fire, water. Yes. The other rings. Our With powers combined. combined. <laughs> I am Captain Planet. <laughs> yes. I, that was probably my favorite um, 
cartoon. And then I was also a big Power Rangers fan. Um, gotta love me the Pink Ranger. Mm. I, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I just, I, I could talk about 90s TV all day. Legends of the Hidden Temple was probably my favorite game show. Oh, that and Guts. Oh my God, I could go on forever. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, um, I would find myself binging, like, even in, t- like, I would say, like, the last, like, eight years I've been cool. I've been in remission. But, like, what was it? The Splat? Yeah, yes. no, Gas. Nick Gas. Nick yes. Gas before the Splat. Yes. I would sit there yes, for, yes, like, yes. six, seven hours, get a pizza, and be like, oh, this is great. <laughs> it's so great. Honestly, like, I would, I love that they brought back Double Dare, but I, I seriously wish they would bring back Guts, but I, I want, like, people our age to compete. Like, um, Double Dare right now is still, like, the kids. No, 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 no. Like, I want to climb the aggro crag. Like, I will climb the aggro crag before I die. Like, th- this is something that needs to happen. Or maybe combine Guts with Legends of the Hidden Temple. Trust me, I'm working on a thing here. Like, I'm, I'm going I'm to work on something that I can pitch to Nickelodeon because this has to happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, you, you make a valid point because I've been lucky enough to work with some um, former Nickelodeon hosts. And the constant conversation is, well, geez, you know, all these kids that, you know, watched our show growing up, now they want to do it, you know, not even with their kids. You know, like the parents are more interested in the show than the kids are. But, you know, of course, that's not true because you see the ratings now that um, Double Dare is killing it. And it's like, man, so they have like struck lightning in a bottle twice on some of this stuff with Nick. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally think for that would sure. be a plausible reboot with Guts and Legends for sure. Yes, yes, it needs to happen. So that's, that's your favorite show. What was your saddest 90s moment? Oh. I know, big downer here. I'll go first. This I'll go is, first. Yeah, go first. I'll, I'll give yes, you a second. Please. Um, okay. When Dawson's Creek ended, I I was extremely oh. sad after that um, because you know you, you relate to some of the characters as you watch programs you relate to a character. I was like, oh yeah, I'm to- I'm Paisley all day, and you yeah. know he, that poor guy got his heart broke so many times. Stupid Joey, you know, come on, girl, I what know. you thinking? And so when that show ended, oh my gosh, it was so sad. I'm like, oh gosh, this is horrible. Um, yeah, so I went into like a deep depression for like two, like a fictional depression for two months after that. But yeah, like Dawson's Creek, that was like that hit me hard. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, no, I completely relate because honestly, when you said my saddest '90s moment, my first thought was, oh, the last episode of Full House. But I was like, I've already talked about Full House way too much. Okay, wait, no, I actually, okay, I have a couple, but I don't even know if this is technically '90s. It might be early 2000s, but the finale of boy meets world was literally the saddest oh, yeah, finale yeah, yeah. of my life when mr feeney says class dismissed i lose my shit every time like it is so sad <laughs> but that might have been early 2000s because that was when they were in college or post-college so that yeah. might be but i want to say another sad moment of the 90s for me was when my tamagotchi died for the first time i cried <laughs> I, oh, okay. That, that's valid. That's valid. That's totally oh, valid. I yeah, get it. Yeah, I'm like, I, it was sad. Like, it was like my child and it died and like I was taking care of it. And, you know, 
And it just like, you know, it was just a sad moment that you have to reset it and you get a new one. It's just not the same. So that was a sad moment too. But I, yeah, that's all I can think of for right now. And and I don't want to dismiss your, your Tamagotchi dying, but I never had the damn patience. And so I threw the thing, damn thing out the uh, bus window. Uh, <laughs> I don't respect uh, that. No, I do. Yeah, it it's was, like, they were annoying. Yeah, and my Tamagotchi like to shit all over the place, and so I think it seems like they even just if it's a real, time. yeah, it's like if it's a real pet or a, a digital pet, it's shitting all over the place. And I didn't have time for it. I just threw it out the bus window. And it's not even like we could have really taken care of it at school, and that's when it would die because you go hours without taking care of it because we're not like the kids now where we like had our electronics. So, you know, you take it out at the end of school and you're like, oh, my God, it's dead because it pooped all day. Um, But I did the same thing with my Furby. My Furby, I think, is probably still in the darkest corner of my closet back home in New Hampshire. Like, I got it. I was so excited for it. It was the freakiest thing. It wouldn't shut up. And I was like, wow, this was the worst investment on my parents' part. And I feel bad that I wanted this. And I just like, yeah, it's just it's probably still sitting there. Well, Well, at least you still have it, though. Maybe I'll need to check next time I'm home. That's actually, I haven't thought about that. I'll need to check and see. Well, I would love if I still had it. Well, when you do, please let me know. I will. (laughs) I promise I will. That's hysterical. When I went home actually for Christmas, bless my parents' soul. Like we still have so much of my, my 90s stuff in the attic. And they've actually sent me a lot of stuff. Um, Like I have pogs with me right now. And like, I have a whole bunch of stuff, but my mom had this whole box waiting for me. And it was all of the McDonald's toys, like the the little McDonald's Barbies and like hot wheels all in a box. When I went home for Christmas, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, this is so cool. McDonald's had the coolest toys when we were a kid. Oh oh yeah. I love the, the, um, micro machines and the uh, Tonka trucks. Like I, I have a son oh, who yes. is four and I went to um, Walmart oh. over the holidays to get him a Christmas. Like I wanted to get him a truck. Like they just don't make God trucks like they used to. No, they don't. They don't. I know we had the best toys. Like our toys were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I totally feel bad for kids these days on so many levels. Um, you know, Me too. They, they don't play outside. Um, that social interaction, you know, by sitting out by the electrical box, you know, isn't there. Um, you know, the world's just a sadly a different, exactly. more scarier place. Um, you know, we had our innocence, we had good TV, um, and we had good food and um, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's a totally different world. But yeah, and that's why the 90s are still, you know, still relevant um, with our generation. And I think it's totally awesome that you um, have continued to embrace that and inspire. Um, others through your, through your channel, you definitely inspired me. Um, and so I am so Aww. glad I was able to, uh, reach out and talk and kind of get your story and, um, you know, find out more about Megan. Yes. Well, Eric, it was a pleasure. I'm, I'm so excited to be an avid listener of your, your podcast. I know I'm your second guest. Um, but yeah, no, let's just keep, keep on, keep the nineties alive. Yes. And before I let you go, um, like I'll ask every one of my guests, what, what do you want, you know, to have your lasting impression be, um, you have, you have the open floor for all like 12 listeners that I have so far. Um, what is one thing, (laughs) what is one thing you want to share and I'll just put out in the universe, you know, good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. I mean, I really felt, um, like 
it was very, it was a really good message we were talking earlier about not giving up on your dreams. And I know I'm being all like sappy and, and, you know, Oprah on you guys, but um, it's really important. And, and I say that because I, I do think the nineties was a time when we dreamed big, we were kids and the sky was the limit. Well, don't forget that dream. Go back to that innocent nineties kid that you once were and remember what you wanted. And if that dream still exists, like it's never too late, go after it. And yeah, the journey is going to be long, but it's worth it. Well, Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if you want uh, to connect with Megan, you can reach out to her on Instagram or Facebook. Her ID is at the Nostal, N-O-S-T-A-L-C-H-I-C. Megan LaMontagne, thank you so much for joining me out from LA on From the Inside Out. You are amazing, and I wish only the best for you. Thank you, Eric. I wish the same for you. Have a great one. If there's a topic you would like me to explore or have a general comment about the show or content for the show, please reach out to me on social media. I look forward to all of your questions and comments. I'm your host, Eric Cups, and I'm feeding you content as I find it from the inside out.